الحمد لله وتفضلت والسلام على
So what is the appreciation of this gift? That we fulfill the rights of this Qur'an Sharif. This is the appreciation of this. The Qur'an Sharif also has rights. And we have to fulfill these rights of the Qur'an Sharif. So the first right of the Qur'an Sharif is Iman bil Qur'an. That we have firm faith and firm conviction in this Kalam of Allah Ta'ala. That this is the word of our Rabb. And there is nothing like it. And there will never be any change in this. Not a single dot will get changed. Because this has the divine protection of Allah Ta'ala. إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَزَّلْنَا الذِّكْرَ وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ Allah Ta'ala has declared that we have revealed this Qur'an Sharif. We are the guardians and protectors of this Qur'an Sharif. And therefore, not a single dot will ever get changed. So this firm conviction that this is the Kalam of Allah Ta'ala. This is the Kalam of my Rabb. This is the word of Allah Ta'ala. And complete firm faith and yaqeen in every verse of the Qur'an Sharif. And wholeheartedly accepting everything in this Qur'an Sharif. Often, or if not often, many a times, this happens that people have reservations about some ayat. This is something that takes a person out of the fold of being if he has any reservation about any ayat. And sometimes people express this. Some people will give their views. Now, that this verse of the Qur'an Sharif regarding, for example, inheritance, that the male will get double the share of the female. There have been some so-called scholars, female scholars, says that this is not Billah just. What are we talking about? We're talking about the Qur'an Sharif. And this is something that is not fair, not applicable in this time and age. In that time, it was perhaps applicable. This negates a person's Iman. So this is the first thing that complete faith in the Qur'an Sharif. The wisdom of Allah Ta'ala is infinite. It's beyond any way that anybody can comprehend it. And with our minute intelligence, that minute intelligence that we have, which we call intelligence, and that minute mind we have, we want to try and start dissecting the ayahs of the Qur'an Sharif and analyzing the wisdom of Allah Ta'ala in it. We will accept everything Allah Ta'ala has given without any question. If Allah Ta'ala said, وَالسَّارِقُ وَالسَّارِقَةُ فَاقْتَرُوا اَيْدِيَهُمَا يَزَاهُمْ بِمَا كَسَبَا نَكَالًا مِنَ اللَّهِ That if a person has stolen and now he's guilty of the crime and it's established, and in an Islamic country where there's an azar, then his hand will finally be cut. And the whole world can say, Na'udhu this is barbaric. But the word of Allah Ta'ala will remain without any change, and the law of Allah Ta'ala will remain without any change. The whole world can say what they want, we will say this is filled with wisdom. Amen. And this is something that's beyond everybody's whatever they comments are. And we will accept it as is without any reservation. Allah Ta'ala says that وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنْ وَلَا تَبَرَّجْنَ تَبَرُّجَ الْجَاهِدِيَةِ الْأُولَىٰ Addressing the females. 
that remaining in your home don't emerge without genuine necessity. So now there won't be any interpretations that will try and squeeze in here. That, well, it's just time and age, if she doesn't have some career, then what happens if she gets divorced? Already planning before she got married, planning for her divorce. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. We will accept it wholeheartedly. This is the law of Allah Ta'ala. And there is no reservation in our heart regarding the law of Allah Ta'ala. فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِي مَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَضَيْتْ وَيُسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا Allah Ta'ala says, whatever Nabi Islam has given, whatever decrees and decisions he has made, and what he has given is the Qur'an Sharif. Until they don't accept this wholeheartedly, without any reservation, the Iman is not there. فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ so wholeheartedly, without any reservation, to accept every ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Iman bil Qur'an. This is the first right and the first haq of the Qur'an Sharif. Then the second right of the Qur'an Sharif is ta'zimul Qur'an. To give complete respect and adab to the Qur'an Sharif. The respect of the Qur'an Sharif, this is the word of Allah Ta'ala, the book of Allah Ta'ala, The word of Allah Ta'ala deserves the highest level of respect. And the Qur'an Sharif, unfortunately, with time passing, this respect of the Qur'an Sharif is getting very, very greatly compromised. Whereas the Qur'an Sharif is something with those who respected it, Allah Ta'ala took them to what heights? Bishr Hafi Rahmatullah is among the great awliya. He's counted as among the very, very great awliya of the ummah. But what was his initial life? His initial life was that he was addicted to his bottle. And if somebody needed to look for him, if he wasn't at home, he was in the pub. This was his initial life. One day while returning in that drunken stupor, the drunken state, as he's coming, he sees something lying in the sand. And in that state also, he recognized it to be the name of Allah Ta'ala, or some ayat of the Qur'an Sharif on that paper. In that state also, he picked it up. He brought it home. He cleaned it, perfumed it, kept it on a high place with respect. And then he went and slept away. But then he sees a dream that night. Oh Bishr, you respected our name, we will give you respect. And when he woke up, there was a different feeling in his heart. He didn't want to continue with the life that he was leading and that addiction that he was in. And then he went and joined the company of the awliya of the time and the ahlullah of the time. And his life turned around and he progressed to become among the greatest awliya of the ummah. But where did this start from? What was the catalyst? The catalyst was the ta'zim and the respect of the Qur'an Sharif. What can we imagine what is the Qur'an Sharif? Hazrat Sulaiman Allah Ta'ala had given him that throne that used to fly in the air which no aircraft of this zamana can even compare anywhere close to it. 
His entire army used to be on that throne. The Jinnat would be on it. And then the birds would be covering it from above, flying above it. Giving it the shade. And in this way he would move from one end to the other end. So one day as he's flying with this throne of his, all his people on it, and the jinnat on it, and this whole makhluk going along with him. So one Bedouin person was standing in his field, and he saw this whole throne going across in the air. And he said, Subhanallah, what a kingdom Allah Ta'ala has blessed Sulaiman Islam with. Allah Ta'ala caused this to reach the ear of Sulaiman Islam. He immediately instructed that this throne be brought down. So it was brought down, he called for that person. He asked him, what did you say? This person thought that I made a mistake, I said something wrong, I shouldn't have said this. He said, all I said was that, Subhanallah, what the kingdom Allah Ta'ala has blessed you with. Sulaiman Islam said to him, that that Subhanallah you said, that Subhanallah you said, is worth more than the whole kingdom of Sulaiman Islam. That is that one Subhanallah. What about the whole Quran Sharif? Subhanallah amma yasifun. This is just one part of one ayat in the Quran Sharif. What about the whole Quran Sharif? So this is the ta'zim that we should be having in our hearts that this is beyond this whole universe. And we should be therefore respecting it accordingly. There was a time maybe 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when every child who went to madrasa or whatever, that Quran Sharif was always carried on the chest. 25, 30 years ago, that Quran Sharif was always carried on the chest. It was not carried in any other way. Unfortunately, nowadays, how often that Quran Sharif is in a haversack behind the back. What a great form of disrespect this is. How often that Quran Sharif is between school textbooks with all whatever is in those books. So just as the respect of the Quran Sharif brings great benefits, great barakat and blessings, the disrespect also is extremely dangerous. The disrespect of the Quran Sharif brings down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. Unfortunately, we have become so careless with how we handle the Quran Sharif how we keep the Qur'an Sharif, where we keep it, is just kept anyhow, anywhere. So this is something that we have to become very conscious about, the ta'zim of the Qur'an Sharif. This is a haq and a right of the Qur'an Sharif. The first right was iman bil Qur'an, and then the second right is ta'zimul Qur'an, the respect of the Qur'an Sharif. And then the third right of the Qur'an Sharif is amal bil Qur'an. Allah Ta'ala has given us this Quran Sharif for us to make our lives according to it. One person asks Hazrat is it permissible to kiss the Quran Sharif? Is it permissible to kiss the Quran Sharif? He said, Are, it is permissible to kiss the Quran Sharif, put it on your forehead also, mainly put it inside your heart, meaning in your life. By all means respect it and kiss it, but together with that, Bring it in your life, in amal. All the commands of Allah Ta'ala are for amal, for us to bring it into our lives. So whatever the Qur'an Sharif has ordered us, 
this is the right and the demand of the Quran Sharif that we act accordingly. The Quran Sharif has said, Aqimu Salah. So now we bring Salah and establish Salah in our lives. That establishing of Salah, which requires that it's performed five times a day, starting off from Fajr. Fajr is the barometer of the Ummad. Many years ago, approximately some around 93 or 94, Allah Ta'ala had given Tawfiq, it was in the month of Ramadan, that we spent the Ramadan in Palestine, the Jamaat, and more than one Imam of different masjids that we had been in mentioned this, that during the course of just a month or two before that, one morning, Suddenly, as people are emerging from all the different masjids, when they came to the masjid, they didn't notice anything much, that anything was going on. But as the people are leaving the masjids, they see every masjid, there's army is there. And now each person as he's leaving, they are taking account. And whatever other information they were taking. This was a very strange thing. Fajr time. And some imams mentioned this directly to us. It was first hand, not even a third degree information. So, this was very strange because after a while it became known, okay, this happened not only this masjid, it happened the other masjid, it happened every other masjid. So, after a week or two, as slowly some information started coming, say that this was actually a survey that they were doing. Survey was, how many people are attending Fajr Salah? And they believe that the day the number of people attend Juma Salah, attend Fajr Salah, our days are numbered. That the day the Masjid is as full for Fajr as it is for Juma Salah, then we are gone. Then the help of Allah Ta'ala will come to the Muslims. So this is what they also know. But unfortunately, we are negligent of our Fajr Salah. And this is the command of Allah Ta'ala. A mu'min, mu'min starts off his day with remembering Allah Ta'ala. This, all the Salahs are there to, for us to, Allah Ta'ala wants us to show our loyalty to Him. He gave us this existence. Allah Ta'ala created us. Allah Ta'ala is nourishing us. Allah Ta'ala is sustaining us. Allah Ta'ala world. The command could have been, perform all your five times salah in the morning before you go to work, khalas. Or last thing before going to bed, perform tomorrow's salah also. That could have been the command also. But that's not the command. The command is, in the midst of that deep sleep, now you wake up and show your loyalty to Allah Ta'ala, that you are loyal to Him, that sleep is not what you are loyal to, you have your loyalty to Him. So you will sacrifice that sleep and stand before Allah Ta'ala at that time. Whether it is the early summer morning or the cold winter morning. But your loyalty is to Allah Ta'ala. Then comes Zuhar, comes right in the midst of a person's work. Right in the middle of all the busy things that he's involved in. Allah Ta'ala is saying to us, now leave everything and come back and reaffirm your loyalty to me. So stop whatever it is. Now the person says, but how am I going to close the shop? Allah says, you close everything and come to my house now. 
Because my Muslim has called out Hayya al-Falah. Success is now in answering the call of the Muslim. And now a person has completed that Zohar and gone home, uh, gone back to his work. He's barely now trying to get things wrapped up, leave everything and come for Asr Salah. And reaffirm that loyalty. Now a person finally finished his work for the day and he's barely reached home and he's hungry, he wants to eat, but the Maghrib Azan is about to start. So you don't do anything else, first go to the masjid now again. And reaffirm your loyalty to Allah Ta'ala. And now a person finally is tired, he wants to go to sleep, Allah Ta'ala is the way to still perform your Isha Salah. Now this could have all been done in one time, the command could have been do it first thing in the morning and done. But this is the loyalty that we are expected to show at all the different times when other things are now, everything is in front of us. But a person drops everything and answers the call of the Muslim. That incident of Abdullah bin Mubarak, after he passed away, somebody saw him in a dream. And they asked him, how did things go with you? He said, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala forgave me. He said, but I envy the rank of that blacksmith, that iron monger who used to live opposite me. Abdullah bin Mubarak is one of the very great muhaddithin, great mujahid, great Allah wala and Sufi of the time. And he was a unique personality. Bukhari Sharif is filled with these riwayat and narrations. A person of that caliber, such a great muhaddith, and he's saying, I'm envying the rank of that blacksmith. So this person thought there's some, some message in here, there's some lesson in here. This is a dream, but there's some message in this dream. So he journeyed all the way to the place where Abdullah Mubarak used to live. And he came and inquired, where does, where does he live? He said, no, he passed away. Yes, where does he live? But a certain place he lives. He says, there's an iron monger living around there. He says, he also passed away. He used to live opposite, he passed away also. So in any case, he came to the house. He knocked on the door. So the lady answered from inside. He says that, is this the house of that? So it's Ayan Monga. He says, yes, he passed away. He says, what was the special quality of your husband? What was something special that he used to do? So she replies and says that nothing. He was an ordinary person. He fulfilled all his obligations of deen. There wasn't anything special. So he did what everybody else did. He did what everybody else did. There was nothing special. She said, no, there must be something. And then he related his dream. And he said that this is what I've seen. So there must be something to it. So when he related the dream, then she thought about it. And she says, well, now that you mentioned this dream, so perhaps the things that come to mind, one of these two things, that one of the issues was that as soon as the Azan used to be called out, now he was an iron monger, so in those days that iron monger's job was to design whatever person wanted, somebody wanted some utensils, somebody wanted some salt, so he has to keep that steel inside the furnace until it gets red hot in that fire. Now that fire is extremely hot and all the fumes and smoke, it's a very difficult thing. Now he has to stand there and he has to hold that ball that wire. And now when that iron is red hot, then he has to quickly start stamping it with that mallet and shape it in whichever way he wanted. So she says that when he used to be busy with his work, 
and now he has held that iron in that fire for so long. And after having hold, held it in that fire for so long, bearing that heat and whatever else, now that it is ready to be stamped, and he has raised that mallet, and now after raising that mallet, suddenly the azan starts. He wouldn't even bring that mallet down once. He would wow. drop it from there and he would answer the call of the Muslim that my rubbish corn has come, I can't do anything now. He would drop everything and move it. Whereas this was now a typical thing. To have stood in that heat for so long and waited for that iron to get red hot. So if it was somebody else or us, he would say, well, just do this one thing quickly and go. But he dropped everything and moved immediately. And the other thing was his habit was he would come at night and he would then, after Isha Salah, he would perform some little ibadat, whatever he could. And then he would look out of his window across the road. And across the road was the house of Abdullah bin Mubarak. And his habit was, especially in the summer nights, he would stand on his rooftop, the roof garden. And he would engage the whole night in ibadat. She says, my husband would come to the window and look across and then he would say, Ya Allah, I am so weak, I have had a hard day's work, I wish I could also have done what Abdullah bin Mubarak is doing. But I am too weak to do that, tomorrow I have to go back and continue with the difficult work that I have, so I am unable to do this. But it's my heart desire that I could have had that ability also. And save this, he would go to sleep and then wake up in the last part of the night, perform some tahajjud and then go for fajr. He says, well, this is it. This sincere thought in his heart that I wish I could also be doing that, and this importance of salah, this is what gave him this rank. That is, hadith like Abdullah bin Mubarak, Abdullah bin envying him. So, this amal bil Quran, Quran says, Aqeemu salah. That salah is in our lives. Quran says, Wa'atus zakah, we are discharging the zakat. The Quran says, absarihim furujahum. Say to the believing men to lower their gazes and to protect their chastity, that we are submitting to this in every sense of the word. Looking after our gaze, not getting involved in our haram chatting, in all other illicit activities, or looking at haram on the phone, or getting onto the haram sites of the internet, all the other evils of this nature, Allah Ta'ala has given the command, that amal the Qur'an, the right of the Qur'an Sharif, we are fulfilling and making amal upon it. Qur'an Sharif says, that treat your wives kindly. So now a person makes amal of this, that this is the intercession from Allah Ta'ala's side. Allah Ta'ala is interceding on behalf of his servants. Am I going to ignore this? So this is the right of the Quran Sharif, Amal bil Quran. This is the right of the Quran Sharif, Amal bil Quran. That all the commands of the Quran Sharif, whether it is Salah, whether it is Zakat, whether it is fasting, whether it is Mu'asharat, whether it is Akhlaq, whether it is the rights of the neighbors, Waljari bil Qurba, all the various categories Allah Ta'ala speaks about, 
who need to be, whose rights need to be fulfilled. Allah Ta'ala speaks about the neighbor, next door neighbor. The neighbor who's a little away. The person who is traveling, a traveling companion. Allah Ta'ala says he has rights also. The relatives have rights. So all these various rights that the Quran Sharif has mentioned, so this too is something that part of this Amal Bil Quran, we are fulfilling all this. So Amal Bil Quran is not confined and restricted to one or two things. All the aspects of deen, whatever the Quran Sharif has commanded, this is the right and the haq of the Quran Sharif that we fulfill all this as well. So this was the third right of the Quran Sharif. First was Iman Bil Quran, then Ta'zimul Quran, and then Amal Bil Quran. Then the fourth right of the Quran Sharif is Tilawatul Quran. The daily we recite the Quran Sharif. This is a right of the Quran Sharif. If you consider how many things we read in the course of the day, there are sometimes thousands of words we have read. Whether it is business related things, whether it is sometimes just futile things, of no benefit to read it also. And if you count it, it will amount to thousands of words. But for the whole day, sometimes we haven't read one page of the Quran Sharif. What an injustice this is to the Quran Sharif. Whereas the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, every letter of the Quran has a tajalli of Allah Ta'ala in it. Has this manifestation of the nur of Allah Ta'ala in it. When a person recites the Quran Sharif with azmat, with respect, that this is the kalam of my Rabb, that this nur comes into his heart. This nur that comes in his heart, this is a cure for so many things of the heart. Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal nas, قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ مَوْعِذَةٌ مِّنْ رَبِّكُمْ وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّدُورِ Oh people, this advice has come to you from your Rabb. And this cure for your hearts has come. When this Qur'an Sharif is really brought down to the heart, it will cure the kufr. It will cure shirk. It will cure nifaq. It will cure all the haram and filth that lurks in the hearts. It will cure the pride. It will cure the jealousy and malice. It will cure all the other evils. Provided that this Quran Sharif is brought down into the heart in reality. And the tilawat is made correctly. So this Quran Sharif needs to be learned how to make the tilawat correctly also. And this is an effort we should make. That we go to somebody who can teach us how to recite the Quran Sharif correctly. One is to recite the Quran Sharif. Nowadays all the very fancy things that keep coming up about what is Billah, the use of reciting the Quran Sharif if you don't know the meaning. So this Nabi Islam already answered it. Nabi Islam already answered this before anybody could ask it. That man qara'a harfam min kitabillah falahu bihi hasanatun. Person who recites one letter of the Quran Sharif will get one reward. And that is multiplied ten times. And then Nabi Islam says that alif lam meem, this is not one, this is three separate letters. Now, alif lam meem, the first, the beginning of Surah Baqarah. Ask all the Mufassirin of the Quran Sharif, open any tafsir of the Quran Sharif, that what is the meaning of Alif Lam Mim? And all the Mufassirin will write, Allahu a'lamu bi muradihi bi zalik. 
Allah Ta'ala knows best what this means. This is a secret of Allah Ta'ala. And some say that perhaps Nabi Islam was told the secret, but it was meant to be a secret. So now the Ummah doesn't know the meaning of it. But Nabi Islam says, recite this also. There's rewards for you in it. So even that letter which we don't know the meaning of, the huruf al-muqatta'at, they are known as Alif Lam Meem, Alif Lam Ra, Saad, and Hamim, various surahs that start off in this manner. So we don't know the meaning of it. But Nabi Islam says, recite it, you'll get these rewards. So the recitation of the Quran Sharif has this nur in it. And if a person doesn't understand the meaning also, this nur is transferring. It was not only just the meaning, the meaning is obviously the aspect that needs to be taken from the Quran Sharif. But if you look in the life of Rasulullah, the Sahaba Ikram, Tilawat was a part of their lives. Sometimes Nabi Islam is reciting what amounts to six, seven paras of the Quran Sharif in one rakah. He would stand such lengthy rakats that to the extent that his feet would swell and he's reciting what the Quran Sharif. What is this? This is Tilawat. Who knew the meaning better than Nabi Islam? But he's reciting this is Tilawat is a ibadat in itself. Understanding the meaning of the Quran Sharif is something apart from that. That is the second thing. That is also a very great thing that a person truly learns the Quran Sharif. But he learns it from those who have learned it. And they in turn learned it from their ustads and their teachers. In that unbroken chain right through to the Sahaba Ikram who learned from Rasulullah Unfortunately in this time and age, your person wants to become a doctor, then he has to learn from doctors. He wants to become an engineer, he has to learn from engineers. Those who have learned it and are lecturing about it. And he wants to become even a farmer, he'll have to learn from farmers. But the Quran Sharif he can learn on his own. Only the Quran Sharif was left without the need for any teacher. And the person becomes a mujtahid of the time. He is now capable of understanding the Quran Sharif, capable of knowing the details of the Quran Sharif without any teacher. So this is going to lead the person to deviation and destruction of his deen. So, this aspect of tilawat, daily there should be some amount of the Qur'an Sharif that we recite. And a mu'min's day ideally should start with the Qur'an Sharif. Daily some tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. And if a person hasn't made his tilawat for that day, then he should fix it. Then I won't read anything else also. Whether it is some business document, whether it is whatever. If I didn't read the book of Allah Ta'ala, I won't read anything else. Then inshallah, this will become part of his life. So this right of the Qur'an Sharif, Tilawatul Qur'an, this brings noor, it brings barakat. There was a time when, after Maghrib Salah, in almost every neighborhood, if a person passed the Muslim homes, 30 years, 40 years ago, in fact I can remember in my own childhood, in my own childhood, in the yard that we lived in, from the neighbors' homes also, you would hear Tilawat of the Quran Sharif at that time of the day, of the evening. And nobody could even think of decide, asking to go anywhere at that time. It's time to decide Quran Sharif now. So when this Tilawat was alive in the homes, then there was noor in the homes. 
There was barakat in the homes. There was muhabbat in the homes. There was happiness in the homes. And one person used to be earning. And in those days, the norm was every family, there were eight people, nine people, ten people, fifteen people in some families. And one person is earning. And everybody were eating out of that. And life was carrying on fairly well. Maybe there wasn't too many luxuries, but there was so much of barakat in that one person's earning. Everybody was living a comfortable life. Comfortable in the sense that the basic necessities, in a good manner, were all being fulfilled. What more does a person really need in life? But with that, there was that sukoon, that peace in life. There was that barakat. There was that muhabbat, which money can't buy anywhere. And nowadays, every person in the house is earning. And then too, sometimes, that is not enough. But that is a separate issue, but all that barkat is gone from the homes. That muhabbat is no more there. That sukoon and peace is gone. Because the Qur'an Sharif went away. Sometimes days, weeks, months may go by, and nobody has recited the Qur'an Sharif in that home at all. So when the Qur'an Jani went away, all the barakat went away. All the noor went away. And as a result, all that happiness and muhabbat went away. And every other person will have some things to cry about. What is his life about and what kind of difficulties he's having at home and wherever else. But this has got a lot to do with what are we doing? What is happening in that home now? When all the haram is being played in that home, on the one hand, Qur'an Sharif is gone, and then everybody is in their own space, somebody is looking at haram here, somebody is listening to haram there, somebody is involved in music, somebody is something else on the internet, number one, Qur'an is not there, and then all these shayateen are there. So where will be barakat in that home? So we have to bring the Qur'an and Sharif alive in our homes again. Encourage it to our families. Every day there must be tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif in the home. So this tilawat al-Qur'an, and this was something in the lives of all the sahaba ikram, all the awliya of the ummah, all our kabir, and find tilawat played a very prominent role in their lives. Somebody was reading ten paras a day, somebody eight paras a day, somebody five paras a day, the minimum was one para a day. So this was, this is the fourth right of the Qur'an Sharif, tilawat of the Qur'an. And then the fifth right of the Qur'an Sharif is Tabligul Qur'an. But it is our duty to also convey the Qur'an Sharif. To the extent that we have the ability conveying the Qur'an Sharif, so somebody will have the expertise in the words of the Qur'an Sharif, in teaching the words, he will convey the words also. Somebody would have mastered the meaning of the Qur'an Sharif, he will convey the meaning also. But otherwise, the basic lessons of the Qur'an Sharif. That salah is compulsory, that is a lesson of the Qur'an Sharif. Aqeemus salah. So everybody knows that. So this is our duty to convey it also. And conveying it is part of that reminder, that we've got to remind ourselves, remind our families, stand for salah, get people up, encourage everyone to the masjid. Like that all the other lessons that we spoke about, this is the tabligh of the Qur'an Sharif to convey deen. Deen is what? The Qur'an Sharif and the explanation of it by the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
So this conveying of the Quran Sharif, Tablighul Quran, conveying the message of the Quran Sharif, passing on this deen to others, passing on this deen, the, the spirit of this deen to one and all, this is also a right of the Quran Sharif. So this is this great book of Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. And this Mubarak month, we were blessed with Tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, listening to the Tilawat of the Qur'an in Tarawih Salah. Allah Ta'ala enable us to be part of the Khatam of the Qur'an Sharif today. So this is not the end. This should become, if there wasn't a beginning in terms of daily recitation yet, then this should become the beginning. That now, without fail, daily we will recite Qur'an Sharif. And this will become part of our life. The Imam of the Quran Sharif will become very conscious about how we respect the Quran Sharif, how we handle it, how our children handle it. We'll become very conscious about Amal of the Quran Sharif, Tilawat of the Quran Sharif, and we will make the effort to also convey it and pass it to others as well. In this way, we will make our dunya, because the barakat, what comes in the akhirah is obvious. Allah Ta'ala will grant beyond our imagination. But a great deal comes in dunya as well. That happiness, that sukoon, that barakat. In the same ayat Allah Ta'ala says that this nasihat has come, this advice has come. وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا And this cure for the hearts have come. وَهُدَوْ وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ And this is hidayat and rahmat. Is rahmat in every sense. Rahmat for a person spiritually, rahmat for his dunya also. The barakat that he wants in his rizq, the barakat he wants in his life, the barakat he wants in everything, this has all that in it. So we have to attach ourselves to the Qur'an Sharif very strongly. We have to make this bond very strong. And give dedicated time to the Qur'an Sharif. We've got time for everything else. We've got time for the internet. We've got time for WhatsApp. We've got time for whatever else. If there isn't time, what a tragedy it is, that there isn't time for the Qur'an Sharif. So we need to now Make that firm determination. Inshallah, not from the day after Eid. From today. And even on Eid day, that five minutes, that ten minutes minimum, we'll give to the Quran Sharif. And every day, inshallah, we'll make it a part and parcel of our life. When the tilawat will come alive, inshallah, with it, inshallah, that amal will come alive. That azmat will come alive. And even the ability and the tawfiq to convey will come alive. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala gives me and all of us a tawfiq that we truly bring this Qur'an Sharif into our hearts and lives. We live by it. May Allah Ta'ala raise us on the day of Qiyamah to the people of the Qur'an Sharif. Wa'afiru da'wana ala alhamdulillah. Inshallah, we'll recite a hundred times La ilaha illallah. In the hadith it's reported that a person who recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon of the day of Qiyamah. And Inshallah, what this means is that Inshallah he'll get the tawfiq of doing those a'mal that will become the means of 
he'll get the tawfiq of those amal that will give him this great honor on the day of qiyamah. Righteous actions, inshallah, will become the means of getting saved from sin. So this is the thing that we should be doing daily, that hundred times to recite the kalima la ilaha illallah. When saying la ilaha, we'll imagine that everything besides Allah ta'ala, everything we've taken out of our hearts, all the evil, all the filth, all the dirt, all the malice, the jealousy, the hatred, the pride, the arrogance, and all the things that are lurking in there, the evils, everything we've taken and thrown out. The love of dunya, the love of the ego, and illallah, it is this love of Allah Ta'ala that is setting in the heart, this nur that is brightening in the heart. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran kathira ya rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله إلا الله
और मेरे तन्हे बजाए आबो गिल दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल नफ्सो शैता दोनों ने मिलकर हाई किया है मुझको तबाह हे मेरे मौला मेरी मदद कर चाहता हूँ मैं तेरी पना मुझसा खल्क में कोई नहीं को बद किरदार नामासिया तू भी मगर गफ्फार है यार बख्शते मेरे सारे गुना अब तो रहे बस आखिर विरदे जबाए मेरे हिला Allah 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 Allah
والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا أرحم الراحمين يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا حنان يا منان يا حنان يا منان يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث أصلح لنا شأننا كله ولا تكلنا إلى أنفسنا طرفة عين ولا تكلنا إلى أنفسنا طرفة عين فإنك إن تكلنا إلى أنفسنا تكلنا إلى ضعف وذنب وعورة وخطيئة اللهم اطهر قلوبنا من النفاق وأعمالنا من الرياء وألسنتنا من الكذب وأعيننا من الخيانة فإنك تعلم خائنة الأعين وما تخفي الصدور اللهم إنا نسلك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وقنا عذاب النار وقنا عذاب النار اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهدي أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ربنا تقبل منا تقبل منا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا وتب علينا وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله